Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie and TV Awards podcast, where we look at the many things that get nominated for the many categories of MTV Movie Awards and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie and TV now, I guess, expert. <laughs> and I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing and TV expert. Yeah. And today we're here to talk about Best Kiss 2017, where everything changed with the introduction of one TV episode into this category. How are you today, Ben? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. Um, yeah, for for those of you, you know, uh, listening to every episode in order, uh, marathoning it, this is the kind of big gap that we took between both posting and recording. Um, I watched a ton of movies in between um, this and last one. Um, to kind of fill that urge, and like a couple TV shows as well, so I'm I feel prepared. Yeah, and I watched <laughs> for what's to come. That's that's really cool. Yeah, and I watched less movies. My busy season did turn out to be a busy season, but hey, movies are back. I saw maybe my yeah. favorite movie of the year while we were off break, and like what movie would that be? Uh, West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh man, I I need to watch that. It's really really good. Like, just, yeah, it's like the the man can do no wrong. As, as as we'll touch upon when we cover Ready Player One next week, <laughs> a movie I watched today and went, oh right, this is really good. Like it's oh I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, but huh. yeah, here we are. TV's in. It's funny because. Really, I was a TV person before I was ever really a movie person. Like, I I kind of went, swung hard into movies, like, during the pandemic and kind of building in the year towards that, but TV used to be my jam, so it's kind of like yeah. revisiting the old stomping grounds. Though the show yeah. we're covering this week, I have, I think I only watched, <laughs> like, the first couple episodes on and said, oh, I, I don't need to catch up on this, why yeah. would I? <laughs> exactly like one of my biggest fears um was that with with covering now tv shows instead of movies is that you know you know i i was scared that you know what if a show came along that just had so many background plots going on that an episode could be filled with like several several thousand like little details that just mean absolutely nothing to people who don't have context and um empire like made all of those fears real and still ended up being a pretty good experience yeah i was also pretty lost in the weeds for that one and can tell you looking at the stuff we have ahead we have like coming up that is only just gonna continue like jane the virgin has (laughs) even more twists so at least they have a narrator to explain relevant backstory as it pops up that'll be good (laughs) yeah Though you're oh, still going to be, be nice. in the weeds of evil twins and just... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that I w- there were going to be so many moments in this show. And I'm like, I guess you, you gotta do it. Yeah, um, well, yeah, we'll get to the... We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, But yeah, we got some fun stuff ahead, including some pretty great movies as well, and... Yeah, this was um this is a pretty good year. Um I think I'd only ever seen La La Land. So, and I th- yeah, other than I think Aquaman, I think that is the last movie that I've I've pre-watched that I'm not uh 
getting a Jane the Virgin experience too. That's interesting because Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates was the one movie left that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah, we're probably we're gonna get to that one last. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. the 20, 2017 MTV Movie and TV Awards were held on May seventh, twenty seventeen. It was yeah. It was the first time that movie and TVs competed in the same categories. Well, that they were even honoring TV. Uh, it's the first time since two thousand seven that men and women competed jointly in the acting categories. Hmm. Doesn't really say. Oh, it was hosted by Adam yeah. Devine, uh, nominee from oh, last man. year. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, wait. Okay, I'm having a, I'm having a senior moment. <laughs> Did I talk about, like, the upswing of TV shows, like, before we started recording or after? It was before. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because, like, we were talking about, um, sorry if we're both wrong and I'm just repeating myself again. Um, but, yeah, we're talking about how, like, we've sort of seen, like, we're going to see the shift in movies. But I'm hoping we see sort of the shift maybe the other way. Um, uh because like I think there was like a big upshift with like things like like um like Game of Thrones and like Walking Dead and stuff like that. And one that I forgot that we're actually going to get to is like Stranger Things that like TV shows like had a much like kind of like a uh, enough to like get like a lot of recognition where like clearly years previous like they just did not at least not in this cat in this um in this award show. Yeah, it's we're definitely in the era of yeah peak t peak TV as some would call it and. Yeah, now TV's becoming more of a legitimate, like, medium, and everyone wants to kind of get in on it. Plus, we're watching, like, the rise of Netflix, sort of, and that's also... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody, people have, people, like, can kind of sit down and, like, watch, like, a whole show in, like, one sitting. They don't have to, like, wait for, like, weekly, uh, weekly sort of out, whatchamacallit. Yeah. Yeah, like, week, weekly episodes, yeah. But hopefully we see a, a swing back in t- just in time because we're also talking about uh, the new Spider-Man. And um, spoilers, it does have a kiss. Yeah. And it's oh. a damn good kiss. So hopefully hopefully there's a chance that we could get uh, first Spider-Man's first movie, second Spider-Man's second movie, and third Spider-Man's third movie. That would be really, really nice. Yeah, that would be a fun way to cover things. Like, just... Jumping from Spider-Man to Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> swinging between them. Swinging between them, yes. Yeah. Um, so Beauty and the Beast won Movie of the Year. Um, it's funny because oh. the Best Kiss category contains both the winner of Best Picture at the Academy Awards, Awards that year and the film that everyone assumed <laughs> was going to win Best Picture and neither of them got nominated in the Movie of the Year category. <laughs> Oh man, that's so wow! That's what a weird. I'm looking at the movie of the year. It's um, the Edge of Seventeen, Get Out, Logan, and Rogue One. Like, yeah, I feel like they've had more nom- nominees before. Like you wouldn't even need to take one out to like include yet yeah, either of the um, the uh, the both winner and fake out winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, six TV shows got nominated. Like it's... yeah. <laughs> Pretty Little That's... Liars got nominated that late in its run? Wow. <laughs> uh, I guess this is yeah. the MT- this is MTV's like 
domain, we're definitely kind of getting taken over by the stands now, appealing to the youths. Um, ah, the youths. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. But movies oh, are man. still here, so uh, let's get into it. For 2017 yeah. Best Kiss, the nominees are Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, La La Land, Emma Watson and Dan Stevens, Beauty and the Beast, Taraji P. Henson and Terrence Howard, Empire, Zac Efron and Anna Kendrick, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, and the winner, Ashton Sanders and Jarrell Jerome, Moonlight. So Ben, what do you think of Moonlight? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'd never seen it before. Um, I also like. Um, I also like didn't notice that like the, the poster is like all three of the actors. I thought the lighting just changed. <laughs> um, I never. To be, I've never taken a hard look at it, so maybe I'll give myself a little bit of the benefit out there. But I was like going through the Wikipedia page after. Um, but like, yeah, no, what a good good movie. That's just like it's like there's not a there's not a lot like going there's nothing like big it's not like like it's very much um like it and La La Land are like two very different movies like La La Land has like a very like high energy at times where this one it's entirely like um like kind of uh what sort of, like subtle I guess and it's just it's so nice in that way yeah it's like it's just this quiet little art film um I would say. This one in La La Land, and, like, La La Land still has appeal, but, like, this, like, kind of the last year, last hurrah for adult dramas at the MTV Movie Awards, um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But no, Moonlight was such a, like, I I didn't know what to expect at all going in, and it's just, it's just something that, um, like, I just couldn't. I couldn't look away and like I couldn't stop. I think with like all of these movies, I think I took like at the very least like one like 10 minute like get up and stretch, go grab like a drink. Um, Because I'll get into it closer to the end, but like I watched all of these in one sitting. Um, Just sort of how my schedule is shaped out. Um, Oh boy. No, it's it's all good. I'll I'll get into it right at the end because it's kind of like a little story to go along with it. Um, but this one, it, this one is the last one I watched because I always watch the winner last, and like I was glued to the screen. Like there was just, it is just so, like I don't know. It's just one of those things that like I, I'm trying to think of any like particular like, like shots I liked, but it's one of those things where like it's done so well, like you don't even really notice. It just kind of is nice, or not even nice, but some of the scenes that are supposed to be nice are nice, and some of the scenes that are supposed to be like really like upsetting or even more upsetting yeah it, it's a film it's, it's like i think we're gonna run into those things where like the movies are just really really good we aren't r- super equipped to talk about yeah, but, like, there's, it, there's not much to talk about yeah that's, that's my that's my problem with talking yeah with it is that like i don't have any uh not like the you know the two hour uh deadpool analysis we had about its comparison to the second movie like there's just not much to say when a movie is that good you know? yeah we spent how long talking about pitch perfect 2 and yeah exactly we we have all these critiques but like when just a good movie comes along it's kind of like like oh well, man yeah um i mean yeah we can get into a bit so if if all you ever knew about moonlight is it won best picture at the academy awards under insane circumstances 
It is a it is a film about uh yeah about a young like black uh, black youth named yeah uh, Chiron. That's uh, why am I blanking on the name now? It's, yeah, it should be that. That is the yeah, that is Chir- the title of, of yeah. chapter two as well. Well, yeah, I'm like, how do I pronounce this name that I've seen a lot? Because I played a lot of Hades back in the <laughs> pandemic. Um, yeah, it's also because like, he goes through different names throughout. Because it's essentially following yeah. this guy in three distinct stage- stages of his life. One where he's a child going by the nickname Little. And he's, li- and he's living with... Yeah, it's in Miami. He's... yeah. He's living with like his mother, who is who is like kind of yeah a drug a drug addict. Like this dealer Juan kind of becomes the only stable like adult in his life, which is you know, Mahir- yeah Mahershala Ali and a yeah he's also yeah dealing drugs to like his mother, so like he's he's is kind of like a weird like conflict, and you don't really you only really see him during like the first third. Yeah, but like Mahershala Ali makes like enough of an impression yeah. that like he won, he won Best Supporting Actor and got a Marvel movie. That's hey. not why he got Blade, but it's like, <laughs> it would be funny if this like you were really good in Moonlight, but <laughs> yeah, I would slicing up some vampires. Yeah, he wins supporting two years in a row, I believe, or at least gets nominated twice in a row. I forget if he actually mm. won for Green Book, but oh yeah. No, he, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, for somebody who only shows up in, like, a third, like, he leaves such a good impression. And just, like, I don't know, him his um, him and his uh, dynamic with, I'm trying to look up the name of the actor for when he's just, when he's little. Um, uh, Alex um, Hibbert um, does, like, a really, like, I, I don't know, all the kids in this movie, I think, are really well done. Just, like, they're, um, they don't get a lot of speaking lines, but, like, when they do, I don't know, it's it just seems very, like, very believable and like his sort of like his like posture and mannerisms when he's like very sheltered is like i i've seen that kid before you know <laughs> oh yeah like yeah it's definitely it's a film with a lot of like realism and i think goes in goes in well and you know definitely helps with the material they're kind of covering which yeah kind of gets into well as we as we start progress through his his life, it's sort of like Chiron coming to terms with his, like, sexuality, and then the second part is him kind of, yeah. The second part is where we're most concerned for, like, yeah, the the kissing, but it's like him and his childhood friend, Kevin, who, like, are attracted to each other, but then Kevin also beats him, um, and it's, yeah, like, in, like, this bullying thing, and it's just just really intense sequence, and then kind of the third part is about Kevin and Chiron reconnecting as adults now that, like, Chiron's kind of a drug dealer and is sort of just returning back to Miami. Like, mm-hmm. No, like, yeah, like, this, it's, like, a very, like, it's a very, like, simple story, but it's, like, it's just, like, the way it's told is, like, really, really, like, engaging to watch. Um, and, like, yeah, and, like, all, all, I guess it would be all six of, like, the, like, the generational, like, actors for both Kevin and, and Chiron are both, like, they all do a really, really good job. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, but the, the kiss itself happens in the middle chapter, just titled, um, Chiron. Um, and it would, uh, yeah, it's kind of, sort of him and, him and Kevin sort of, like, hanging out, 
they're just like kind of like buddies and then they start smoking weed together um as they're kind of like connecting on this beach just kind of like uh just having like a really good time and then they just start like kissing and then getting to it yeah and it's like a really good kiss um mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah it's it's really really nice I'll say there's some years where I think like where it's definitely easier for you to like challenge the winner, but I was gonna say this kiss, which is yeah, not ju- not just like a I think you know like kind of a queer kiss on like on par with like kind of Brokeback Mountain for the kind of level, but also kind of between two yeah just two two young like black black men like the it's gonna be I think really hard for me to like make make a case for anything else to kind of t- take this like it's this you know it it shows kind of some diversity that is kind of lack been lacking sometimes in the category but it's also just a really good kiss like it's yeah no it's like fantastic like absolutely yeah um, and then the acceptance speech is like really sincere even though it oh yeah i don't know if you like watch the the clips but I I watched the kind of best kiss por- portion. The award was presented by Lil Rel Howery and Allison Williams, two of the stars of Get Out. And it is an entire oh, bit. It's where... so cringy. I remember that now. It's oh re- my gosh. It's really uh, funny. It's it's uh, like just I... as far as weird patter goes, like it's yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like the it was the we yeah it was so weird. Go go and watch that for yourself, audience. Like it is it is something to behold. Yeah, um, um if you've never seen Get Out, um, watch Get Out because it absolutely is going to spoil one of the turns in Get Out. <laughs> it's very much about Allison Williams trying to get Lil Rel to like trust her so they can kiss, and him going no, no, hell no, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, it's just, like, cringy bit, and then the actual acceptance speech is just really sweet, and it's them talking about how much this kind of means. I'm like, but... Oh, that's really nice. I wish I got to that part. You're Uh, like, nope. Just... I I didn't... No, but, yeah, like, man, um, yeah, dude, what do you... There's not much else to say about the, the movie and the kiss. They're just, like, both... They're both so well done. Like, I think just, um... Yeah, like, I think I literally have four lines of notes, and, like, two of them are just about the kiss. This is um, how this podcast used to be an hour, us going, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, like, a lovely film of just this portrait of this youth and kind of the part, the sections of it, like, kind of the uh, the assault on Chiron by, like, Kevin, and then him just kind of retali- retaliating by hitting the like kid who was initiating it with a chair is like just really tragic and powerful and kind of the ending too and the thing where you see just how much this incident is like kind of left him sort of unable to like have that kind of emotional intimacy that he had kind of as a kid and the last scene of his mother is also really good like yeah it's just yeah, yeah. absolutely it's moonlight and yeah, I don't think I have much else to say about this because hmm. really, what's left is going to like overlap with La La Land. So, yeah, yeah I think, um, oh, I think, yeah, I definitely have like, yeah, La La Land. I think has has the um, 
the not benefit of it not being like a super new experience for me. Like it's something I've seen before. Um, but it's still like a pretty, pretty good movie. Um, what do, what do you think about La La Land? Oh, I love La La Land. Like, I remember I saw it in the theaters and I like laughed and I was kind of walking through the mall and there was like a pillar and I had like the musical theater urge to like jump up on the pillar and swing around and just sing stuff from it. It's, I didn't do it, but like it was there. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I, and I was right because on Twitter, there's always these cycles with like movies where eventually like when it kind of becomes clear what the front runner is going to be for best picture, that typically there will be waves of like discourse or around it and even if like if it's a good movie people are like yeah but should really be winning and la la land is a film that i i like a lot a lot of people like a lot but you know there's valid critiques to make about it like it is a film where half of it is about a white man trying to save jazz Um, (laughs) so yeah (laughs) so i was it's to be fair it's well done though. It's conceptually kind of not great, but it's it's like a it's if you replace jazz with anything, it's amazing. Like it's him explaining jazz to John Legend. It's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you like replace like jazz with like make it fishing, but like have all the same acting. You have a perfect movie. Yeah, um, um, <laughs> and uh, and the ending also you know it takes like a lot of big swings. So like. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a thing where people were like, uh, are so mad this is going to win Best Picture, because one of the things about the Oscars is they historically love films that are about the magic of movies and filmmaking, yeah. <laughs> which is how Argo wins. Um, oh, and, a bunch, of, a bunch yeah. of film nerds, like the film about film. <laughs> yeah. So this, like, love letter to the classic, like, Hollywood musicals is, like, the big, big splashy stuff. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna win." And then the people were like, "Well, you know, Moonlight was kind of the actual like best film on this list." Like, some there was like a wave of people who were like, "Well, they should just give it to Get Out," but no one really expected Get Out to win. But really, so really, when the Oscars happened, I remember because I was at work and they were sort of on, but like I was also in the back and my shift was over, and I'm like, "Well." I know what's going to happen. And I like get home and I check Twitter and everyone is just freaking out. Then I go over to pull the clip because uh, famously, and oh, I should have just pulled up the uh, Oscar page where I think it was, it was like Bonnie and Clyde people, Robert Redford, maybe hold on. I'm going to just Google La La Land Oscars quick. That'll get us there. Um, but, but famously what happened was, um, the Oscars are tabulated by an accounting firm and the accounting firm has this elaborate system with envelopes and due to some kind of mistake, the best actress at an envelope, which contained the news that Emma Stone had won for her performance here was given to the presenters of Best Picture. And Best P- and Best Picture, the... Yeah. So, it got announced as the, as the winner, and that's what everyone ex- expected to happen. 
But then, suddenly, as, like, people are getting up, they're like, wait, nope, what's wrong? Moonlight won. And, like, the Oscars is such a well-oiled machine that when something like this happens, it is just, like... Everyone just loses yeah. their minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like a mistake that could like it's just it's especially like one of the nominees as well. And especially something so close. Like if it was almost any other movie, like it would be like this is clearly like a mistake, but <laughs> Yeah. So so that kind of so that kind of forever entwined these two films and and but also, it was kind of the best thing that could happen to La La Land, because now it doesn't have, like, the reputation of, well, it won the Oscar, but it didn't deserve it. Now it's, now yeah, its reputation it's... is, well, this crazy <laughs> thing happened. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and kind of like I said, like, La La Land and Moonlight are, like, very different movies, and, like, they're very good for very different reasons. Like, the only real comparison you could draw between them would be that, like, that one of them, like, got mistaken for the Oscars while the other one won. Yeah. Um, and while that, it, it's funny, because one thing I had realized about this episode is, I mean, like, two, kind of, two of the things where, like, two of the couples, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, and Taraji B, yeah, and, and like, Taraji and, like, Ter- Terrence Howard there, like, have both been nominated, like, yeah. before, together. <laughs> yeah, no, we got, we got a couple, like, um, a couple of, like, returning champs with their returning partners. Um... Yeah, and then, so the kiss, is it the auditorium kiss or the the ending kiss? Oh yeah, it is the ending one when she, during kind of the dream sequence. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, I remember that, yeah, that ending is so, it's just like, you look up bittersweet in the dictionary and it's just a YouTube link to that scene, like it's so... Well, I guess I guess the last one we watched was um, what's that one? Crazy, super crazy, love. stupid love. Yeah, <laughs> Which had, yeah, with him and Emma Stone, like in a very, very different kiss. Um, this one was more kind of like a slow, very sweet one. Um, I mean, it's yeah. pretty sweeping and like grand. Oh like yeah, the... absolutely. But it's not. It's not like you know them like her like running to him <laughs> coming from like the rain or anything. Um, oh, you're saying it's like, not like a notebook kiss. I mean, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. So if if you've never seen La La Land, it is about a jazz musician named Seb and an aspiring actress named Mia, and they have kind of like a meet cute where like it's the classic. They hate each other, but they keep running into each other, and then they spend a night, and now they're in love, and then it kind of goes goes over through their struggles, the, the ways that they're kind of good for each other and that they encourage each other to sort of pursue their dreams and do stuff, but the ways that, that they're also maybe not so so good together. And then it ends with and then it ends with them kind of going their separate ways and finding success and then imagining what could have been. And yeah. the kiss is sort of in that what could have been section. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's so like Oh, because like they do like the five years later, and like um, Emma Stone is like got like the thing to like Paris, and then like when you see her like get with see her kiss her husband that isn't Ryan Gosling, you go oh jeez, and then they go to like his they go to his club and like he's using the sign that she drew up for him like earlier in the movie, 
and it's and like they see each other across the way and then they sort of have this sort of like um it's like sort of just running through not the events they've done and then the events they would have done um through like this i don't what's like the right word for it it's sort of like they were like doing it on like movie sets though or like with like a different style like one part is like done with like silhouettes and then the other one part is like done like on like a fake movie set but it's supposed to be like their their real life it's it's very very unique and cool yeah so th- so this sequence is a f- actually it is kind of a tribute to a film called an american in paris which was kind of one of the big musicals this film is sort of pay- paying tribute to and it kind of ends in the sequence that similar to this where it's like the lead and gene Kel- kelly and like leslie caron are about to like part but then he kind of imagine daydreams being with her all over paris and it's not the exact same thing, but, like, it's very similar. But then in this version, like, the lead is returned to him, and it's, like, kind of the Hollywood happy ending, and La La Land goes for something a bit more realistic. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good. It's funny, because this, this is, like, a musical, one of a couple musicals we're covering, the, covering this, like, yeah. year, but... It's also one where there's not a ton of songs in it. Like no, there's not. And, like, there's, like, very few that they're actually singing. And, like, I think almost, like, half the ones they actually singing are sort of, like, kind of... It's not... There's not, like... There's very few big, like, bombastic numbers that have, like, a lot of singing. I think there's, like, two near the beginning. And then, like, yeah. one cute little ditty. And then the rest of them are either instrumentals or, like sort of not, uh, not really talk singing but like a little bit above that i guess yeah right up to emma stone's big like solo at the end which is like yeah. stunning um, yeah no i man i've seen so many musicals recently too because i watched um in between this and our last our last episode because I, wa- I watched uh encanto and i watched tick tick boom yeah. um Ooh, two, rent. two great movies yeah i didn't like rent though rent is a bad movie oh yeah um, i was talking if, about encanto yeah. and tick tick boom <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like i there must be something to it i have to watch it again and like i i like one of the songs and i like the the one song that the movie is likes. famously not as good as the stage show that's um, what i'm feeling it might be a dear evan hansen situation um <laughs> but yeah um you know in encanto and um tick tick boom were both really really good um i think me and me and my friend ian only watched rent for like the context and like it's fun if you have a friend there to like shoot the crap with but i don't know how fun it would be just on your own yeah it's yeah yeah i i haven't seen rent um but but yeah la la land i'll I'll say the big the big musical like numbers which are pretty front-loaded in the beginning but another day of sun is like a bop like mm. i listened to that a bunch of times today it's i considered just starting the episode where i'm like do i have time to write a parody and then I got caught up watching <laughs> ready player one instead but just that it's so catchy yeah and then the city of stars song which i think won best on that year um how do I don't like, think. Uh, wait, it's okay, not that wait, good. best song. Wait, best song on like in like the Oscars. Yeah. Yes, the Oscars. Okay. I thought you were talking about best musical moment from the MTV Music Awards, which went to Grease live. 
Um, you're the one I want. We decided to watch Grease live eventually. I, I hear that's one of the good ones, like for the live musicals. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it won. City of Stars was the only uh, La La Land um, nominee for best musical moment for La La Land. Yeah, which I don't know. It's a good. It's a good song, but like it's. Uh, if you're gonna give give it to La La Land, well. I mean, two songs were nominated for for that year. Oh yeah, City of yeah. Looking at this stuff, I'd have given it to Audition. Like I know it's maybe not as easy as I do liked for the big show show, but like you know, it's the big soul. It's a fool's a dream. Um, other nominees for best original song at the Academy Oscar Award included "How Far I'll Go" from Moana and "Can't Stop the Feeling" from Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> trolls! Uh, what a movie! Yeah, I can't, I, I can't stop hearing that song. Yeah. Um, I, one of our, one of our camp uh, friends um, made like a camp song, camp dance to that. So like, yep. we heard that. I've that that song is ingrained in my brain, and I've never listened to it of my own volition. <laughs> But I probably know that song better than like half the songs I actually like enjoy and have on my daily rotation. Yeah, you got this feeling inside, <laughs> inside your soul. my bones. <laughs> uh, trolls. Uh, Movie I had not seen or thought I wouldn't see, see until that summer at camp where we wound up seeing it twice. And one of yeah. the times I saw it was with like described audio because it was with a bunch of visually impaired paired children that I had wound up in the room room with because my campers had snuck in there and like were allowed to like stay because we're like yeah we want to hear it with like someone telling us everything that happens <laughs> and I think Justin Timberlake does the described audio for it and I'm like huh oh fun fact um that was played on my personal tv that I brought out to camp um <laughs> yeah uh, but, but trolls not as good as trolls world tour i still need to watch that one i i watched uh um sorry this is sort of getting sidetracked a little bit but we're halfway through it's a good time to do it um <laughs> I, I, some of the movies that i watched during um, our little hiatus i watched spider verse i watched um michaels versus the machines um and mitchell's I watched, um i watched ugly dolls because I was just clicking on random kids animated movies on on um, on uh, on Netflix, and like I need to like watch it again with like a pen and paper. Because like I don't know why, but so much of it, it feels like it's whiz weird, but it feels like kind of a worse uh, Smallfoot in a lot of ways. I don't know why I couldn't stop thinking about Smallfoot and like see because certain scenes would happen and I'd go they did a better version of that in Smallfoot. Um, which is like, the movies aren't very similar at all, other than like the similarities my brain kept on connecting for some reason. You know, someone said La La Land is like small foot in that there's songs <laughs> in it, but they're inconsistently <laughs> applied. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Oh, if only there's not a kiss in small foot, but there is a villain. So hopefully one of these days. Did not get nominated for best villain, but ah, we will we will remedy that. <laughs> yeah, 
There are two animated villains. Um, but I don't know why we we talking about villains when we're deep into kiss territory. <laughs> talking about kisses, yeah. Yeah, the kiss no. here was really good. Like, it's... yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like it was big. It was it was sweeping. Um, yeah, the kiss is great. This is probably one of my favorite um, like Gosling performances. He's just like pretty funny in this movie, and just I don't know. I just like him in this one. Um, yeah. Gosling's feel, good, Stone's good, their chemistry is sparkling yeah. as ever. Like it's, it's so oh my gosh. This is like um man, if like if um oh, what's it, what's that movie called? If Blue Valentine is like the chaotic evil ending, this is like this is like the um what would it be? It would be like uh not true neutral. This would be like chaotic neutral ending. You know? And then, how would Notebook... Notebook would be, like, lawful evil, I would say. <laughs> if we got to bust it out our alignment chart, our D&D alignment chart. Right. Oh, yeah, because you've seen so many Ryan Gosling movies, that's your area of expertise. Yeah. I'm, I, like, <laughs> I'm like, where are you bringing up Blue Valentine from? Just... <laughs> that is, um, I've only ever smoked weed once. And we watched Blue Valentine, and it was a harrowing experience. Wow. <laughs> I barked at somebody, apparently. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I was saying words. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Um, yeah, sorry we got so sidetracked during the La La Land one. I um, mean, it, it's fine. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting our bearings, but I feel people expect us to get sidetracked at this point. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah, we just we 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 took a huge break, and we have a lot we have a lot kind of backed up to say about other things. Yeah, so back to yeah. Space Jam two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and um, at the movie theater in my in my town, they have little trivia slides before the movie starts, and one of them has like a screenshot of Space Jam one with like uh with like bugs with like his big with, like his teeth showing really close to my to Michael Jordan. And it's just like the funniest thing ever. I don't know why they picked it as like it's like what movie is this from? <laughs> <laughs> and I I always think it's Space Jam Two um, because I my, I always see bugs, but like I could you could probably even tell just by like the way they're drawn that it's from Space Jam One. Yeah, I mean I've seen that movie like a hundred times, so it's... yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we've said about all we can. We have La to La say Land about La La Land. And everything that isn't La La Land. Yeah, two movies I have given five stars to that were like, yeah, yeah, we, we have stuff to say. So now yeah. let's get into Beauty and the Beast. Okay, I'm going to need your help on this one. The kiss is the one while he's still a beast. No, 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 no. Well, actually, no, that's actually really good. I actually didn't know that. Um, that's super funny. <laughs> yeah, I watched the clip. He's literally dying on the ground and she's kissing him. <laughs> so it's a, he's dead. He's a beast. Um, I have not seen the animated Beauty and the Beast. So this is my first experience. Really? Wow. I, I don't know what it was. I think the only VHS my family had was The Lion King. I think that... I don't even know if I've seen Aladdin all the way through. I have not seen any of the Disney Renaissance. Um, Your sister is such a massive Disney fan. <laughs> or was like back in, and, the, and in those camp well. head-to-head things. Yeah. And yeah, your cousin as well. Like yeah, no, I think I saw Mulan once at school. And I think my friend, me and my friend watched Hercules. But like, so like I've seen Hercules, Mulan, 
And for his new groove. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one barely counts, though. Oh, yeah, um, I guess it's kind of post-Renaissance, but... Yeah. But no, like, yeah, like, but, like, the ma- like any any of the Disney princess ones, I really have not seen barely any. Um, and, like, no reason against it. Like, I, I just, it just was not things I caught, unfortunately. Um, was this, like, the first of the live actions, or was that Cinderella? Uh, yeah, it's Cinderella by a few years, and then I believe Jungle Book was before this one. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna need your, your guiding light. Cause like I didn't I didn't hate this movie I think this movie's pretty good but I don't know what to attribute to this movie. Um, <laughs> I want to attribute um, to the original. Yeah, exactly. So one thing, like one thing I didn't like about it that I don't know if it's boring for the movie. I didn't super love um, the Gaston and um, Elder Cunningham. I didn't super love their dynamic. Um, yeah, that is, like, cut down in the, like, Disney one. Oh, yeah. The first thing you need to know about the two versions of Beauty and the Beast is the 1991 Beauty and the Beast is 84 minutes long, including credits. Oh. This film is two hours long before credits start. So there is an... There's so so much added. There is a full-on extra half an hour of material... Uh, some of it is songs. There's, I believe, about three extra songs. Two. Wait, Wait. Oh my. which songs did they add to this one? Um, Days in the Sun, the one that kind of shows the flashback to Young Beast. Okay, that one's not bad. Yeah. The one where they're in Paris. That whole subplot with, this book can take you places, and her trying <laughs> to figure out what happened to her mother, it was added for the live action film. That makes sense. That felt and then, very much. Yeah. And, the, and then a song that, in some circles, is referred to as I'm the Beast song. Uh, it is called Nevermore, or Evermore. Nevermore is from, the, Nevermore is not in the original. No, yeah, his big, I, yeah, I the big Beast song. Number. I really like that song. Yeah, it's good. Like, it's I, really I was good. So, it was so good. I was like, there's no way it's from this movie. Yeah, no. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Yeah, that whole that whole sequence is like like added, and then yeah, well, the okay, whole I... business the whole business with the hermit woman being the enchantress is not in there. Um, yeah, okay, I think yeah. okay, okay, I, yeah. Evermore is totally unique. Yeah. Oh man, that kind of stinks because I remember, I think the last note he holds in Evermore kind of kind of isn't great, and I was like, well, at least there's going to be like a professional or like a. A version that might sound a little better in the original, but I guess there's not. Yeah, High School Musical, the musical, the series didn't even cover it when they did their Beauty and the Beast season. <laughs> but they covered one of the shows from the songs from the stage show version of it. Just like... Oh man, um, yeah, like so. Yeah, I don't know how much to attribute to like this movie. I think when um, when Beast throws like a big snowball. Um, at Bell and like she just falls over, <laughs> like she just got shot. That I, I believe really is from funny. the. the yeah. I believe is from the thing. The one yeah. where they dress up the beast, but then he looks really weird. Is like he. I mean, it's like he's dressed differently from in the animated film, but that's definitely an animated bit. Also, when he's trying to smile and he just looks creepy, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's but um. Yeah. There's yeah, more business with her dad in this one. There's, yeah. 
Like, yeah, I think... Um... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry, I'm just trying to think of what's in there. Oh, oh yeah, I'll tell you what's not in the animated film. A five-minute-long sequence where all of the people... Pe- where all of the, like, uh, uh, anthropomorphic, like, people turn into furniture just turn into actual furniture in a fake-out. Like, <laughs> that scene goes on for so long! It really does. Oh my gosh. What do you think? Because, like, I've never seen Beauty and the Beast, but, like, I know the beats, and I know, like, I know what it looks like, and I know, like, the designs. What do you think of the, um, the new, like, uh, like, cutlery and stuff like that? Um... I mean, so I'll say Animated Beauty of the Beast is maybe my favorite Disney animated film. I've mm-hmm. seen it a lot of times. It's, like, really good. So, the, this film, I'll say, it does stuff I like, and I kind of enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I'll say the design, the designs of stuff, the Cogsworth design's good, but, like, the, ca- the Lumiere candle thing is just kind of weird it's just kind of it's kind of lazy because it's just a guy like it's just a guy now yeah it's like a guy it's like a candle guy it's yeah it's like it's not very it's just very like not creative and i would say the same thing for like the um uh like miss miss Potts and like the the chip because like it's it's just faces on there like i think yeah i think cogsworth i think there's like enough going on with it i think you probably have like more to work with of a clock and yeah like a cup or like a candle yeah, to be um, fair, like, Mrs. Potts and Chips, like, just the face is also kind of what they do in, like, the animated one, and then... Yeah, I guess. But, like, I feel like in the animated one, they get to, like, kind of squatch and stretch up, and, like, they get to be, like, way more, like, expressive with their movement. Whereas in this one, they're sort of, it's sort of just, like, it's like a TV screen, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I feel... I'd have to check, but I feel... They up the role of the piano and the wardrobe in it. Like I that's, do not remember that, that's the plot yeah. where they're like husband and wife as much. <laughs> that is a feeling I definitely got watching it where I'm like, I don't remember the piano I don't even remember a piano talking in like what I've seen of yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also I am sure the like big fight between the furniture and the people is shorter in the animated <laughs> one. The last sequence is also just really funny because it literally just is like furniture fighting human beings. Like it's... No, it's 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 fantastic. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I think you know what? Um, one of like one of like the chief criticisms I think of like the live action ones is that like like what what is like what is what is the reason for it you know like is there like what does it add to it and i think like they've ranged from like from like adding almost nothing um to like being like a pretty serviceable addition would you say that this one is like a pretty serviceable addition yeah i mean i would say this is a film that gets kind of yeah pegged as being one of the lesser remakes i i would say i think it's fine it's not it's honestly not doing that much differently from the original one other than, oh, now there's the context of, look, she's a woman who wants to read in Renaissance era, like, <laughs> France. Yeah, um, I would say with Evermore alone. I would definitely, like, put it leagues above something like like the Lion King remake. Yeah, the Lion like, King is, like, the worst one by far. It is, yeah, that one I think is, like, the, like, the, like, the, I don't think they added, I don't, they, I think they, did they add any new songs in that one? I can't remember. I feel there's a 
There must I be at least one. They have to add something. Yeah. But also they cut down on be prepared in that Lion King, which is... Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like... And I think this movie... Um, this movie is, I think, a little victim to this criticism, too. Where, like, it's not really live action. Like, like, this, the, like, um, like half the cast in Beauty and the Beast is animated. It's just animated differently. Um, and in the entire cast of the Lion King remake is animated. It's just animated differently. <laughs> Um, yeah, Lion King is not a live action remake. You're watching no. just CGI creations. This one, yeah. at least, like Emma Watson is like real. And... Yeah, and like, man, like they should have just had a guy in like a fur suit or like a like beast makeup. Like, I don't understand. I, I guess it it must be cheaper or easier. I don't even know if that's even true. He was motion it, capture. Yeah, because so. it doesn't look better. He looks fake, like, the whole movie. Um, there's maybe, like, a couple good scenes where, like, the lighting's really dark. Um, but, like, like it would have just looked better if it was just a guy in, like, prosthetics. I don't know. I feel like prosthetics look good. Like, um, yeah. especially for, like, beasts and stuff like that. Like, I understand. Do CGI for stuff you can't, you can't do that with. But this is, you literally, like, the problem with it is that it's CGI, right? But he still has, like, a pretty human face. Like, it, it, it's just, I don't know. That's my chief criticism of it. Uh, my new chief criticism is, looking at the Wikipedia page right at the bottom, there's a line that says, Stephen Merchant also appeared in the film as Monsieur Toilette, a servant who was turned into a toilet. This character was cut from the film, but was featured in the deleted <laughs> scenes. Wait, was this a, was this a, is this a character from the original animated one? No, well? oh, come on! Like, they added they had... Stephen Merchant to play a talking toilet. That sounds good. They yeah, like I feel like like you have like listen, like when you're making like a remake like that, you should probably do something to like justify its existence. You know. Yeah, um, I think they kept notes, in Chris yeah. Andrew Mellon as nasty headmaster. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like I feel like yeah, I don't know. I feel like these remakes are taking probably like the worst direction ever. Unfortunately, like I wish they kind of did like something like a reimagining of it. Um, I think in my notes, like near the end, I was like, ah, oh, they should have done something more. They should have put it in like the modern day, which would have been like twenty sixteen. So, like, Gaston is just in Gamergate. The Beast is in Incel. <laughs> Belle has an iPad. <laughs> These are all notes I made at the end of the movie. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, this is a film I think that, yeah, has some of those relevancies, but, yeah. For me, the, the Disney, the live-action remakes, I think, are, like, really good, are, um... Pete, yeah, well, Pete's Dragon is probably one of the best one, and that one isn't really, like, the original at all. Um, I think Dumbo's really good. There are people who would will disagree with that and say yeah. it's wrong, but, like, I think Dumbo rules. Um, and then yeah. Jung Jungle Book is the, uh, Jungle Book's the other one I would hold as, like, really, really good. I need to watch the Jungle Book one, because yeah. it just looks like, it looks cool. It just looks yeah. cool, like the big monkeys. I'm also um, a defender of Aladdin, though. Maybe I'd like that less on a rewatch. But I watched it with my sister, who was not familiar with Aladdin at all, and kind of got to see her going, "Whoa, this is cool!" And I was like, "Yeah, this yeah. is cool." I, yeah, I feel like the Aladdin. I know what I know. Aladdin adds songs, 
And like, I feel like, yeah, like a Will Smith genie is like isn't a bad idea. Um, yeah, he's giving a good performance. Like, yeah. it's no King Richard, but like he's com- he, no. he's committing to doing something that isn't just Robin Williams bargaining. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's it's... making it making it a little bit his own. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, what do we think of the um, borderline uh, necrophilic uh, bestiality kiss? Yeah, that's movie. the thing. Because the thing that had had like kind of tipped me off to oh maybe I should try and just watch the like nomination ones is in this article I found about the MTV Movie Awards that was kind of summing them up before 2018. They mentioned Beauty and the Beast as being the second film to get like have an interspecies kiss, and I was like, hmm. I first I'm not sure that really counts because like it's there, and then I was watching this and then. Because they do have, like, a good kiss when they're both human people. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think you can count that as interspecies MTV. And then I watched it, and sure enough, the kiss, the clip they show is, like, Dan Stevens' full beast, like, lying kind of <laughs> after his final battle, and Emma Watson kissing him. I'm like, what the hell? Just... <laughs> It's inexplicable. <laughs> like, they just wanted to get in on that crowd, I guess. Like, oh, I don't know if in the process, if the voters know which kids they're voting for, if they just see the names and they're like, <laughs> yeah, and they pick the clip. So, like, yeah. maybe we could say it's there, but, like, I think for the purposes, we have to go with what they had in yeah. mind, which was clearly that they're like, well, yeah, you know, it's her kiss because it shows she loves him, too. But, like, he is dead, basically. Like, it's... Oh, dude, he gets shot, like, four times by Gaston. It's such a... That is a weird kind of awkward scene. Because, <laughs> like, he yeah. shoots him, Bell goes, no! And, like, runs towards him, and then he shoots him again, Bell goes, no! And runs towards him. I feel that's pretty much how it goes down in yeah. the animated version. That might be true, yeah. I definitely... I wanted to give it a watch, but I was pretty burnt out by the by the last movie on these. Um, <laughs> but, uh... But like, pretty good movie. Um, I think I think it justifies its own existence. Um, I was sh- I'm I'm still kind of shocked that Evermore isn't like an original, isn't like a song from the first movie because it's really good. Like, I uh, I don't know. I also um I did look up the Be My Guest, um like animated song because like it gets kind of insane near the end of that song in yep. this and i was like is that like are they just is that some artistic liberties but like it gets pretty insane in the animated one too and like i i don't know which one's more insane because like clearly when you have like an ewan mcgregor guy candle like trying to make out with like a bird feather duster like you're gonna have like a much weirder experience but like yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, this is an alright film. Um, the the animated movie, uh, so I just think of stuff in, is a film that I once, like, again, I love that film, once at a dinner party with, like, some people some people from camp online, I, for whatever reason, listened to the Gaston song, and it was before me, too, but, like, it was kind of during the, the, yes all women not all men type thing and i was listening to him like like oh my god gaston is like the villain for like the modern era this was the first like 
real feminist Disney movie, and then people got mad, or like, she, they're like, it's Stockholm Syndrome. It's not Stockholm Syndrome. Like, I want to make this clear. And this film does even more, I think, to give Belle, like, agency, but, like, and gives her scenes where it's like she's kind of escaping and it kind of goes to the end, but, like, it's not Stockholm Syndrome. Like, if if that's your critique of this film, like, it's your probably haven't really watched it that, that yeah, much. It's like, so it's, it's just like kind of nice, lazy, like... Yeah, it's, it's like a nice little kind of... It's like a meme kind of, like, comment about it, but, like, not really. Like, it isn't, like... It, it's one of those, like, huh. top ten Disney movies that are that are darker than we thought were than we were kids kind yeah. of thing. Also, this film made over a billion dollars at the box office, like, <laughs> including know, international. These, these live-action movies are just making bang. I see yeah. why they do them. It's just like, I don't know. I've, the good news is that they eventually have to run out. <laughs> and yeah. then maybe we'll see a renaissance of movies just so that they can be remade live action later. But you do have stuff like Cruella where they're like, well, we'll find just different angles. They're Maleficent where they're yeah. like, we can do kind of spin-off versions of these. But focus on, like, the villain, but look, they're kind of sympathetic. Yeah, those are kind of, those are at least, like, neat and offer something kind of unique to, like, a a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, what else? Oh, yeah. The the bit where in the end they're all turning into humans, everyone's happy, and then, like, uh, who is it? Cogs, Cogs, where it's like, there's that woman who, like, finds it, she's like, oh! Oh, Cogsworth! And he's like, oh no, like, turn me back into a clock, turn me back into a clock. That's a really funny bit. (laughs) Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. No, it's... It's... it's, I'm... I'm glad that uh, we kind of got two pretty unique perspectives. It's kind of... I didn't want to watch the animated one before. um, Because I did really want to, like, be like, "What, what if I just saw this movie out of nowhere and i was like you know it's a it's like a good movie like it's it definitely doesn't like um it definitely it's not it's like an enjoyable movie i don't know if it gets better or worse with the source material but like it's an enjoyable movie yeah i'll say uh, emma watson i feel like it could be better but like she's fine yeah. it's you know she congratulations on her for being like a four-time nominee who didn't do a twilight film but it's yeah but also it's just kind of a thing where clearly she was clearly cast because she was a brunette and she was hermione like it's yeah so everyone's like oh that's the perfect casting and you know it's fine but could it have been better i'll never know Mm -hmm. Um, oh man but um moving now what the world of television (laughs) yeah Season three, episode ten. Oh, what's the name? It had a, it had a pretty. I'm gonna look up the name because I remember. So for the listener, you're probably wondering how are you gonna cover TV shows? Well, using I don't actually know how like Ben tracked down some of his like sometimes it, some some shows it's easier to track down the kisses. Shows it's harder, but m- most of these kisses are sourced from a specific episode of the, their shows. So we will talk about those episodes, and then also talk about the shows to the extent that yeah. we know about them. Yeah, 
So yeah, so Empire, uh, Season 3, Episode 10, Sound and Fury. I've not seen any of Empire, like, at all. Um, I have seen the first episode. The only I reason I, I yeah, the only reason I um, uh, even like know the name of it is because um, uh, Jesse Smollett uh, like faked a hate crime, and that became massive news. Um, <laughs> that's like the only thing I know about it. Um, I was watching a video about that actually, like <laughs> a couple of days ago, and it's just like. It's, uh, don't, don't fake hate crimes, people. It's, it's, um, it's always going to bite you at the bum and end up hurting whatever, whatever cause you were trying to fight for anyway. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, man, what a saga. What, yeah, what a, a strange thing. He's really good in this show, though, at least from what little I've seen of him. Um, he sings a little bit. I really like his voice. I, 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 I think that's probably his, like, not, that's probably just his voice, I'm assuming. I don't think they had him dubbed over. Um, with anybody else yeah i believe all the singing is like the people's voices yeah Yeah, Yeah, empire is a show that it is kind of part part of sort of this post glee thing of shows because to to summarize or to give a quick rundown of this kind of genre when glee aired it made a lot of money by putting the songs it did in each episode up on like uh, up on like iTunes, so people would listen and then they'd like kind of buy the songs off of iTunes, and they made a lot of money and it got people into thinking, oh, this could be kind of a genre where we do TV shows and they have songs to connect to the music industry somehow, and um. Some of them, Glee was largely covers some of these more, like, I I think Empire has more, some more original songs in it, or, but like, you, but you get yeah. shows with, like, Nashville, which is, here's the, here's the country thing, here's the songs we're kind of writing, or you get Smash, which is, uh, kind of, they're like, yeah, this is kind of like Glee for grown-ups, and then it gets similarly crazy in its two seasons, but they're like, Here's original songs from this Marilyn Monroe musical we're working on, and are kind of rent analog. Like, and then this this was sort of their big hip hop like show where they're like, all right, here's our rap, here's our like R and B, here's the yeah, here's the stuff in. So yeah, so I got a bunch of people who could do yeah songs. Um, oh, sorry, I'm just. I am now looking at the Wikipedia article for their things. Okay. Timbaland, I think, wrote some of these songs. Um, oh, oh, okay. Or he was a music producer, and he got, yeah, and he got this co- co-writer producer, Jim Beans, and other musical collaborators, and they took cues from the writing key, key, and yeah, basically wrote a bunch of original songs. Um, yeah, and like that part's yeah. pretty neat. Um, oh, Neo joined too. Ah. Tim Timbaland left after season two and was replaced for season three by Rodney, Darkchild, Jenkins, and Esther Dean. Hmm. And... Oh, neat. So, so yeah, yeah. The show, at least, um, I essentially am. I, I tried to learn about the show as much as possible just from this one episode. Um. From what I understand, it seems like it's a show about like a a like record company, um, 
that is like producing albums. At least by season three, that's what it's about. I assume with the name Empire, that's kind of what it's probably always been about. Um, I'm not sure if every episode is like this. This might just be TV, and I haven't watched a lot of TV. But like, it feels like there is like A plots, B plots, uh, like sprinkles of C plots, and then like a D plot that gets a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end. Um, cause like, so like the main, I want to say the, probably the A slash B plot of this episode is, um, is, uh, uh, um, Tar- uh, Tarahi, right? That's how you pronounce that. Uh, uh, I think I was saying it Taraji, but. Taraji. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taraji and Terrence's character, um, Cookie and. Oh, what's his name? They said Cookie. Uh, Lucius. Lucius, yeah. They said Cookie a lot, but not Lucius in the episode. Yeah. Um, it's sort of them. They're sort of rivaling after one another. They're they've. I'm pretty sure they're divorced, or at least their situation is very complicated. Um. Like. They sort of like they're each they each have their own artists they're working with. I'm pretty sure. And, like, Cookie is trying to kind of sabotage this new album um, called... It's something... It's Inferno. They're dropping a new album called Inferno. Um, and then while this is going on, um, Jesse Smollett's character, Jamal, is also, like, in rehab trying to, like, write his song. And he, like... He's... There's just so much going on in this episode. But that is sort of the A slash B plot that I think takes up roughly a little more than half and then there's also just stuff i'm assuming is like a bunch of backburner stuff like there's an election going on where like somebody drowned their their drowned like a girl in a car um yeah there's like a part where they pick up a grandma to use it as like leverage against this guy so he doesn't testify like there's one of the sons is trying to kill like his father yeah and i think yeah and like I don't know how much of this is related to each other. Um, and I don't know. I I guess that's the nature of TV. Um, and that, like, I'm sure all of this stuff, like, it's resolved later. And, like, there's a reason it kind of needs to be in this episode. But, like, I kind of liked just, like, the little, like, between Lucius and Cookie. Just kind of, like, their thing. But it, it feels like that gets sort of drowned out in, like, all this other stuff is happening. Yeah, it's... I'll say it was really funny where in the first five minutes, Cookie brings on this woman onto, like, stage during the show and goes, this is his mother, and they're like, we thought she was dead, and then you re- don't really see that mother character again for the no. rest of the episode. Like, that was, that's clearly, like, a big, like, stinger. Um, like, yeah, it's, or for, like, that was probably, like, a stinger from, like, the previous episode. Um, yeah, but Empire, to give, like, a bit of a premise, yeah, it's about this guy Lu- lucius lion he was like a drug dealer turned hip-hop ma- ma- mogul who formed this thing empire entertainment my understanding at least in the beginning was it was kind of like a king lear thing or it used that sort of structure that like now beloved tv show succession now uses where it's kind of he's at the head he's at the head of this empire and like has this children with different relationships for him and then all of a sudden he's getting sick and they're kind of vying for their turn the the throne like it's yeah it says he gets 
diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, but I think he recovers from that, or... But the idea is, like, he has his sons, and then Cookie was his, like, wife, and who essentially took the fall for him, and this comes up during the climax before, like, the big big kiss, but yeah. prior to the beginning of the show, she has been in prison for 17 years, so the idea is, like, he's getting sick, and his, like, sons are like, well, who's gonna take over? And then she comes out of prison, and she's like, no, this is my turn. Like, I want I want what's due to me, because I took the fall for you. And then, according to this very brief Wikipedia-like thing of her, she starts her own record label in the second season, but then allows Empire to acquire it, and she becomes co-CEO and head of A&R, which, yeah becomes artist and repertoire, which becomes a point of contention in this episode when t- Lucius appoints a new one from, like, his current, like, part. Yeah, and that's sort of what spurs off her to, like, she, like, takes, like, a bat and she starts, just, like, smashing record labels and then goes up to, like, his, like, it seems like there's, like, a penthouse room sort of above sort of, like, the main office of the Empire building. Um, and they have just this, like, big confrontation because, like, there's clearly been, like, a lot of tension between the two. Not only this episode, but I assume the entire, like, series. Um, and then they, they share just, like, a really, really passionate kiss as sort of a, as, like, a tea kettle starts, like, steaming. Um, and then they start just making out while um, Jesse Smollett's character is, like, playing, like, a really nice tune on the piano. Yeah, that he's been working on while he's been in rehab. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this like you told you were telling me this is like a powerhouse kiss and you were right like yeah it, so even like the small you, snippet I saw on the uh, through like on the MTV show I was like damn like it's a good kiss yeah and it's one where like even though we had not watched three seasons of the show and like only kind of have a sense of what the relationships are I think. Taraji B. Henson and Terrence Howard, obviously, as, as we saw in Hustle and Flow, they work really well together. And they give you enough of a sense of that history that, like, you can know it matters when they're, like, hissing, and then when she decides to kind of walk away from him at the end of the episode. like, Yeah, no, exactly. And, like, I feel like any... It's, like, it's really hard. Um, like, if you are, if you are, like, one of a big... If you're a big Empire stan... Um, understand that, like, all of our criticism is counted in, like, this probably could could have been solved in, like, a future episode, or it's already been solved in a previous episode. Like, um, and it, they're, like, 40-minute episodes, too. Like, they have a lot of time to fill. Um, and, like, I assume there's, like, setup that needs to happen, you know? Yeah. I'll say, this is the show I'm definitely the most blind about in terms of, like, the plots, the other ones that I have either seen or yeah no one enough about where i feel like i can watch those episodes and be like oh yeah actually outer banks i'm i bet i could watch all of outer banks by the time we cover it oh yeah <laughs> yeah but it's uh yeah conversation for later but yeah you know this was i think solidly entertaining it yeah. felt like a show that i'd have watched like, if I had had time to watch it at the time, I'm sure I'd have kept up at it. Um, Oh, one interesting thing about Empire is, during its final season, beyond the Jussie Smollett controversy, um, 
COVID happened before they could film the fin- the final episode of the show. So they never really got a proper final episode. They had to, like, use footage they had shot and cobble it together into kind of an en- ending where things were there. But, I, but throughout the final season, they had been teasing that Lucius was going to get shot and Cookie was going to be in a car that exploded in a car bomb. And you never find out what the deal was with that or if they survived or, like, who <laughs> did it or anything. <laughs> That's how I did my show. Yeah, and so, you know, maybe it's good we didn't watch Empire, because yeah. we have been pissed off by that, I'm sure. <laughs> Even no, though exactly. it was out of their control, because yeah, exactly. who would have saw the pandemic coming? <laughs> exactly. Oh, but, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about Empire. Um, if you're going to watch any episode, uh, watch this one. It's pretty entertaining, despite, like, you'll be lost in a couple of seconds, because... Gosh knows I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any show where they say half brother, you know, like you know, you're getting into something. Oh, I'll say you're gonna get lost in like a few of these shows, and <laughs> it's gonna be good. Um, hey, but yeah. now, yeah, we return to the realm of film for Mike and Dave yeah. need wedding dates. The okay. last of the kind of R-rated comedies we'll be covering, yeah. I think, for Best Kiss. So. A little bit of, so this is, uh, I alluded to a little bit of context. So I had the whole weekend off from work. Um, and I have not watched a single one of these movies. Um, and then Saturday rolls around. Um, and I go see the new Spider-Man movie. Or I guess new as time of recording. The uh, No Way Home. Um, and I have an amazing time. Um, and then I get home. And... I play video games and I don't sleep. I play video games throughout the entire night. Um, I played the the PS5 Ratchet and Clank game. I just 100%ed it. Um, and I didn't stop until like 11 the next day. Um, so I've not slept at all. And I just was like, oh crap, I need to start watching these movies. <laughs> so I watched Beauty and the Beast. And I'm like, okay. Like, that's pretty fine. And then I throw this movie off. And I have not slept in like 32 hours. And I like, I can't stop laughing. And that didn't, oh. like, I didn't, I don't think I stopped laughing throughout this whole movie. Um, I found this movie immensely hilarious. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what it is. But this is a hysterical movie to me. And I don't know how much of that is me not sleeping. And how much of that is it being like hilarious. Um. I saved a couple clips for myself, because um, I like to tweet out clips from movies whenever we whenever we release the podcast, um, and I watched one of them this morning, and I still found it super funny, so I'm going to assume that it might just be a great movie that clicks with me a lot, but it's it's just a scene where Adam, um, what is it, Adam Devine? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just a scene where like him and him and him and Zach are just in trouble, and then he just goes, "You think he's gonna spank us?" And then Zach goes, "What?" And he just he just makes a face, and it's hysterical. <laughs> um, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, so this is a film. Um, I definitely didn't. I definitely don't think I found it as funny as you did on like thirty two hours of no sleep. It's. I, I like it. It is a funny film. Um, it has some good bits. 
it, it's just one of those things where like, oh yeah, this is this is kind of good. Like, you know, it, it's nice to like fix a wedding. I'm not sure I needed that to happen though. The scene where like they're both arguing or kind of Zac Efron and like Adam Devine are arguing with Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza over who's more at fault. It's and then like the fiance who's just been this kind of nice button down guy the whole time just kind of loses it loses it at him it's like really good um, yeah oh my gosh and um oh what's what's his name oh, no. sam richardson i was like where have i seen this guy and he's he's in um i'm uh, blanking on the first thing but the second thing i think you should leave yeah that was yeah, that's what i was about to say um he's like the he's baby, the baby of the year guy baby of the year guy. that's what i have in my notes um and he's he doesn't get a lot in this movie but when he does it's always funny yeah um and then this film is also interesting because their their sister is played by kind of stephanie sugarlin beard who i watched for years as one of the hosts of popular canadian children's television block the zone on ytv oh i didn't know that yeah i, I just remember carlos <laughs> um yeah but by the time we, but by the time we were watching, was Carlos the only one there? Because Carlos stayed for a long time after Sugar left. But yeah, I, I don't remember. Uh, I probably remember because he, uh, he, um, he's yeah, he's there so long. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the zone. I guess I have to contextualize it because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are from the United States. It's yeah, basically every day. Uh, from the hours of like five to seven mountain time, which now that I think about it, it seems kind of late for like a, a block. Man, no, I'm sure it like works out somehow. Maybe like it, maybe there was just they figured out time zones or something. I don't know, but basically it was this after school block of programming host, yeah, uh, hosted by. Vera, various people who've gone on on for things and kind of the long one of the longer lasting ones not as long as like her co-host was what well, yeah was this person sugar who kind of played by the person who plays the sister in this movie and she also is the voice of like Rini and one of the dubs of sailor moon um and did a Care Bear voice like she did she's done some of her voice acting things she's been on The Flash but yeah but like I watched her for years I'm sure she was probably like an early crush from like oh yeah Sugar from the Zone and then in this film like she is she's kind of in it she's playing their younger sister even though I'm sure I did check and she is like a couple years older than Adam Devine and several years older than Zac Efron <laughs> I would assume so yeah yeah. So in a reversal where tip typically younger women women are playing much older characters. Here we have like an older woman who's like the baby of the family, but she's really good. And also yeah. at one point it's just completely naked. I'm like, oh, I saw her on kids TV, and now <laughs> she is like, and now she is has a very like exaggerated bush, and <laughs> yeah, that's a good bit. Yeah, also, like, I think I think something needs to be said, though, about this movie, though, is that, like, Zac Efron, uh, Adam Devine, Anna, Anna Kendrick, and Audrey Plaza, 
they're all playing the exact same character. Um, there are subtle nuances, but like you could take any of the jokes that they say at all and just put in the, another one and they all like, they all work. Like that's something I picked up on like very early on. Um, I'd say Anna Kendrick is the closest to having kind of a distinct person. Cause she at yeah. least has the baggage of the breakup and yeah. There is, like, dyna- dynamics in, yeah, Adam Levine and Aubrey Plaza. And that's part of the joke, too, that they're basically interchangeable. Um, yeah, and, like, I'll be honest, like, I need, like, this movie is just, I can't uh, understate how, or can't overstate how absolutely hilarious. Like, I was literally, like, I couldn't breathe. My stomach hurt. I was laughing so hard. Like, this movie just rapid fires jokes at you all the time. Um I don't know why, but they're all just so funny. I think it's just because, like, I think, ah, oh, like, what, none of, all the characters, the main four characters are just very stupid. They're incredibly dumb. Um, So, like, everything that they, there's no, there's never a joke that, like, that they're, we're like, I don't know what to say. It's never, there's never, like, a mean-spirited joke that, like, ah, oh, I don't know how to word this. Um, they're never, they're never like made to feel stupid, but they're incredibly stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the funniest bit in the movie is, yeah, uh, is Mike and Dave's father played by Steven Root just hates them because of all their like mishaps over the years and he is just waiting for them to screw up at every turn because they always will even at the end when everything goes right it ends with them like starting a fire and i'm like you fucking morons and then it ends it's so good i think like the first opening bit to this movie is them like trying to like sell beer to this bar (laughs) like and like um I can't. I don't really know the name of the bartender, or the actor, um, but like Adam De- Adam Devine comes up. He's like, "How about if I can sell like my one of my beers to any random person here? You have to like buy like twelve crates." And then he just points to Zach Efron who's wearing a cowboy hat, and then the bartender's like, "Guys, stop it! You do this like every week. Like I know it's. I know that's your brother." <laughs> and then he's like, "Fine. Like I'll buy. I'll buy ten crates." And he's like, "All oh, right. It was the hat, right? It was the hat that did it, right?" It's just yeah. so it's so funny, and then like you know, you said their dad. The, the first scene with their dad involves a bit where like he opens like a computer to show them like all the times they've messed up. But like every clip he shows them, it like starts to play "Die Young" by Kesha, Kesha but it yeah. doesn't. It's not like a montage. It like just starts playing it and then stops and then starts from the beginning again with the next clip. It's such it's a like... weird bit. That also is like one of the really good jokes, though, where like it, where it's their like grandfather's 50th anniversary, and they keep pelting him with balloons, and then he collapses and has a heart attack. And they're like, "Hey, you can't pin that on us. He died five years after that." Like, it's so we, it's like this implies we killed him. We didn't know such things. Just, yeah, it's like, oh, you're showing us all these clips. Where are all that? Where's all the panning shots of everyone crossing their arms, going like, oh, those guys are all so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> one thing about this film is it is based on a real event. Um, yeah, so Michael and Dave Stangle are real people who did post a humorous ad looking for wedding dates on Craigslist. And they use it to do like a book deal. I'm. 
I've not read the book. I'm going to assume they take a lot of liberties. Cause... Yeah, <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But, but what did Marvel you... superhero Kamel Nanjiani has a memorable role playing a character named Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my. His scene is pretty, really funny. Um, like, he, yeah, if we are, he's not in a super lot, but, like, it's just such a good scene. And, like, I don't know. I, um, I, I like, this is something small, and I don't know how much this, like, affects the quality of the movie, but, like, I like when, like, big set-piece gags also have, like, some shred of, like, plot relevance. Like, it makes them seem, like, a little more, like, cohesive. And, like, it's a funny scene, and it also, like, comes up later, and is, like, a big, like, like, um confounding factor to like the main main plot yeah basically doing i'm trying to get back into giving at least little summaries because like yeah I, I don't think we need to do the long ones anymore but also at some point we just there's times where we never talk about the movies i'm like what if you if people aren't watching these films maybe they're confused oh yeah so, of course yeah sorry if you want to yeah go, on, go for it yeah so basically yeah it's mike and dave they keep ruining their family gatherings they put out they are told that they can only attend their youngest sister's wedding in Hawaii if they bring dates, so they're out to keep out of trouble. So they put an ad on Craigslist, they go on the Wendy Williams show, and then uh, Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza are these party girls who get fired from their waitressing job, and also a really funny scene that has Nick Miller from New Girl, Jake Johnson, and she's like good bit where Anna Kendrick's jam is like she'll always just get up and dance drunk to like Rihanna just like that's a jam and then like someone puts it on and then it's like why'd you put on her jam like it's um but they but yeah but they go to the wedding together um they pretend they're respectable girls and they fake this thing where yeah Aubrey Plaza pretends to get hit by a car and then they go to the wedding, and yeah, shenanigans ensue. At one point, like Anna Kendrick, who kind of bonds with the sister, notices that she's stressed out, so kind of go pay bribes a masseuse to give her like a massage. That's kind of happy ending style, and it leads to yeah, just just really good scene of Kumail Nanjiani just like patting his like butt cheeks against against her, like it's. It's not a full-on, like, sex happens happy ending, but it's a really funny scene. Yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, man. And it's kind of about these people learning they need to grow up, but also it ends with them, like, performing this... Uh, I forget I forget the song they actually sing at the end, but like, it does end uh, with them at starting a fire. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the This Is How We Do It. I'm not sure what the actual name of it is. Oh, yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah. that is This Is How We Do It. Um, <laughs> As heard in Pitch Perfect 2. Hey. <laughs> which Anna Kendrick was in. Wow. The connective universe. The same universe, perhaps. <laughs> Wait, isn't all Adam Devine's also in Pitch Perfect, uh, the Pitch Perfect series? Yeah, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shared, little shared universe. Yeah, no, this, like, I, I'll need to watch it again on a little bit more sleep. Uh, but I don't even know if I want to. Because, like, my memory of this movie is just so pleasant. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Just, like, every bit in this movie. 
um like just works for me so well like when they're on the beach and they're just talking about how like adam, adam devine's just talking about how bad the trip and he's like what's next i'm gonna walk in on mom and ted like um like doing uh like doing push pops <laughs> like push popping each other and the second one's like what is that and he's like i don't know i just made it up it doesn't exist he's like not oh, tell me what it is this <laughs> <laughs> is really yeah. funny back and forth yeah that's a good bit um Adam Levine is someone who I think works best in, like, small doses, but he's kind of good here because his character is supposed to be sort of, like, annoying and, like, frustrating at times. Um, Yeah, I I feel like, yeah, it's appropriate. Like, he doesn't feel, like, out of place. But yeah, so it was largely just a charming movie, and then the kiss at the end was, like, yeah, pretty damn funny. It was was pretty good. I think the, I think the, um... I like the Zac Efron, Adam Devine kiss more. It was, like, really quick and snappy and, like, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> um, I like that one a little bit more. But the ending kiss is also, like, pretty funny because it's just sort of this um, this sort of, like, small subversion of, like, the ending really sweet kiss because they just start making out, like, really intensely immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a really good bit, bit with them. Also, it is interesting that they kind of have Aubrey Plaza and Adam Devine decide, well, we're not going to wind up together, but we should be, like, business partners. And then the actual final bit of the movie, I forgot, it does cut away from, like, the dad screaming at them to them, like, having sex in, like, the horse stables later, which... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this this was a, this was a nice little... Um last hurrah for sort of raunchy adult comedies um yeah i think it did a, I think yeah. it did a, it was i'm glad i'm glad i i got to watch it because i think with a with the name mike and dave need wedding dates i was never gonna watch this of my own volition um <laughs> yeah we saw like funny stuff up ahead like some some good good yeah. funny TV shows like and then some some raunch in there, but yeah, this is kind of the last of its kind. Yeah, the last like the last um like we're the Midlers, the last vacation, the last sort of thing like that. Yeah, and it's solid. Like you know, yeah. it's not as good. I I think I liked Vacation and Neighbors more, but yeah, I I definitely put it around the mm-hmm. we're the Miller zone. Yeah, um, I, yeah, definitely not. I definitely would, I think I can put that on paper, yeah. I definitely laughed more during this, but there are probably other confounding factors. You didn't sleep for 32 hours. (laughs) 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 It was just, I I just, I I applaud the movie. I applaud the movie because I genuinely, I genuinely didn't stop laughing. Like, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. Wait, so were you so were you like thirty four hours without sleep when you watched Moonlight? Like, yeah, I would have been. I would have been. Yeah, and I still really enjoyed it. I think I took a little. I think I took like a thirty minute little break in between. Um, I think it was. I think I watched Empire and then Moonlight. I think the, the it makes order... it even more impressive that you engaged with Moonlight, oh, considering yeah. how tired you were. <laughs> no, I definitely like. I definitely felt like good. I definitely wasn't gonna like. I didn't want to rob my experience of these movies. Um, but no, like, I definitely, like, I don't know. I needed to beat Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart 100%. Because I knew that it was one of those things where I knew if I put it down, I was never going to pick it back up again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I did. Um, 
Yeah. I think the the Ratchet and Clank series, they're all of them are made for kids. Um, it's just the difference is that like the the most recent ones are made for like kids who like Pixar movies, and then the first couple were made for kids that liked fart jokes, um, and like raunchy humor. <laughs> Uh, but oh, they're, wow. they're still pretty good. I because like to go on a little Ratchet and Clank tangent because um, I did not sleep thirty two hours for nothing. Um, like the first three games are like sort of like kind of like little like sort of funny, a little bit crude in places. Like and also there's also like weird undertones of like critiques of capitalism in them too. Like they're all about like really big evil corporations and like every villain is just like like a capitalist in all of them almost. Um, uh, or at least in like the first two, um, and then they sort of just sort of it sort of went from like this sort of like ragtag like group just like fighting a big corporation to like Ratchet is like the last of his alien species and Clank is actually this like super important time robot and like they didn't actually meet by chance it was actually this predestined thing and it's just it kind of it's it's cool in its own way but it kind of it's different you know. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm glad we talk so much about Ratchet and Clank now. <laughs> it's the one chance I get to. <laughs> yeah. Go, gotta boost these episodes length somehow. Exactly. Yeah, this one this one's gonna be a little shorter. We're we're back. It also like I feel like we've our last episode had um had a guest and like six movies. And then this one had like five movies, and not only five movies, but like two of them were just like really good so like we don't have much to say um yeah i feel we spent the last half an hour just on like trying to make sense of empire and then talking about mike and dave need wedding dates yeah we covered the (laughs) upper three in like an hour yeah exactly yeah like this year this year was just just nice there wasn't like um there were some like really great ones there weren't anything big glaring there's no don john so you know what are you gonna do um yeah just a solid Solid year, and I'm uh, glad to be back into the back into the routine. Yeah, but how do these movies stack up to each other? Ooh, yeah, no. Um, so for the movies, um, I think at the this is really tough. Um, and I, uh, I think at the bottom, and this I'm gonna have to be a little unfair. I think I'm gonna have to put Beauty and the Beast. Um, but I think that's really only because I think, and the one above it is going to be Empire. And I think that's really only because I think it's very unfair to Empire. Um, cause if I just took this episode as is, I think I had like a really good time with it. And I, I want to try and give it like the, I think if you, if you cut everything from this episode that just made no sense without context, it would be mu- a much more solid streamlined experience. Um, and then also Beauty and the Beast like has like some, some weaker elements as well. Um, and, like, a lot of its, like, really good elements probably aren't even attributed to that movie itself anyway. Um, not Evermore, though. Great song. Um, and then, so for my top three, um, I I think I'm going to put um, Mike and Dave above La La Land and then Moonlight at the top. Okay. <laughs> wow. So yeah, Mike and Dave above La La Land. <laughs> I'm sorry, La La Land. I, 
I I love that movie, but like Mike and Dave just did something to me. I don't know. Jeez. Um. Wow. Classic Ben. Yeah. For this. Um. Yeah. I'd also probably have like Beauty and the Beast at the bottom. Like, you know, it's fine. It this does not need to be two hours long. There's like a lot of stuff you can cut, but there's a lot of stuff I think works really well too. And then Empire, um, seems good. Maybe I'll watch more of it someday. Then, yeah, Mike and Dave need wedding dates above Empire. Or, is that right? Do I want to do that? Yeah, yeah, I do. A funny movie, charming, you know, I didn't laugh that much, but, like, the big jokes that were in there, I feel all pretty much landed. And, yeah, good stuff. And then, yeah. La La Land, I mean, Moonlight takes the top spot. No, that's not how it <laughs> worked, but, because, yeah, La La Land in second low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Moonlight's just kind of undeniable, as much as I love La La Land. Yeah, I know, exactly. But how did the Kisses yeah, do? Yeah, so Kisses, um, unfortunately, I'd have to bump Beauty and the Beast to the bottom. It was not always there. Um, cause I thought it was the, the human kiss. Um, but like the other kiss is like, it's, it's not even really that good. Um, when he's like dead, not even because of like the implications, it's just like not as good as the other kiss. Um, well, yeah, cause he's yeah, dead. Cause he's dead. Like, yeah, like half the kiss is not even being participated in. Um, yeah. And then, so above that one, um, I probably put Mike and Dave. I think it's a really nice kiss. I kind of like the short little kiss. Um, between uh, Zach and Adam. I just thought it was, like, really, really funny. Um, and then um, and then for the top three, um, these are all super-duper close. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go um, La La Land, and then Moonlight, and then Empire. I don't know, there's something about that Empire kiss that was just so good. I don't know if it was like the piano or like the subtle, like the the sort of teapot kettle, like coming at the right time. But it and Moonlight are honestly like they're almost interchangeable at the top spot. I just think I have to go with my gut on this one. It's what I originally wrote, wrote like when I first watched like the all of them in order, and like they're honestly so close that I'm just gonna have to go with my gut on that one. Yeah. I mean, the Empire Kiss is really good, so I can't fault you there. Yeah, I wonder if um, I wonder if I picked um, I wonder if I picked uh, Hustle and Flow as my number one last time as well. I don't remember. Actually, I have... no, you, no, you went with Brokeback still. I oh, think. okay, yeah, that was Brokeback year. Oh, okay, yeah, we both almost went with Hustle and Flow. It was really close. like, well, I've seen that other kiss. Yeah, these, <laughs> uh, yeah, Taraji and um, Terrence, like, freaking great. Great, great contenders. Maybe we'll see you guys in the future. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, I will say, yeah, Beauty and the Beast Kiss at the bottom, like, it, maybe if it was the other one, it would be a little bit higher, but come on, man, like, it's just insane they pick that one. Um, Then Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Yeah, again, much there's a big gem in quality between Beauty and the Beast and the other kisses on this list, because the other kisses are all with people actively participating, and honestly, good year for kisses, other than that one. 
Then above that, yeah, probably the... I'd say, again, top three all really close. I'll put La La Land in that third spot. Um, and then Empire on number two, and yeah, Moonlight's still my number one, but the Empire spot, like, really. If Taraji P. Henson and Terrence Howard, like, they should just keep working together and doing stuff that could get Best Kiss noms, because, like, they got the juice. Mm-hmm. They're re- really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with that, I believe we can move on to our recommendation of the week, where we'll recommend stuff that we think you should check out. So, what do you got for us this week, Ben? Keeping in mind that this is going to be airing in January. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, what is something that will stand the test of time? Um, Oh, man. You you do yours. I need a chance to, like, think about it for a moment. (laughs) Yeah. So, I'm going to recommend this Netflix thing called Saturday Morning All-Star Hits. It stars and was... Yeah, kind of co co created in by Kyle Mooney, who does is an SNL cast member who does like just kind of a lot of weird weird bits and was in this film called Brigby Bear and the the idea of Saturday Morning All Star Hits or Smash as they call it is it's kind of a tribute to eighties and nineties Saturday Morning cartoon blocks where Kyle Mooney plays several characters in it, including. The two, the twin rubber hosts of the show, Skip and Trebor, and it's done kind of like, like the show is presented as if it was a VHS recording, in style, and it it's these cart cartoons. There's a few d- different ones in, and it, the anime part. It's one of those things where uh, initially you're like, oh yeah, this is just the kind of thing where it's Saturday morning cartoon style, but it's kind of a, adult themes like. For example, one of the shows is called Randy. It's about this dinosaur who comes to, like, regular times and has adventures, but the first episode begins with him, like, breaking up with his girlfriend and him, like, having a suicidal fantasy and then kind of just getting too far in a party and then kind of it's him going to, like, music college and just being lonely and kind of, you know, ad- adult themes and, like, the sort of kid-friendly animation or an Emma Stone who is married to the director of the, I think, live-action portions of the show, voices, like, Randy's girlfriend. And then Paul Rudd does a voice in this other section, David and the Creator Critters, which is about this man who lives with these Care Bear-type creatures who help him be creative, but he, like, has to keep him secret. For reasons of all that, one of the Creator Critters used to be in a relationship with his wife, because there's, like, a thing in, like, one of the segments where he's like, if my wife finds out, she will leave me. And, but then, so it's stuff like this, but as the show goes along, there's there's this kind of building thing, like, there's a, there's, you get references to this live-action celebrity gossip with characters like John, Johnny Rash and Lottie, um, eventually there's kind of, like, two two teen heartthrobs go missing and are presumed dead, and that kind of starts cutting into stuff. There's, like, fake commercials. One of the twin brothers does a one-line cameo in this, like, kind of He-Man toy commercial riff, The Strongamoles, where he gets one line, mmm, subs? But then 
is somehow so popular that they keep bringing him back until he takes over the show. Much to, like, the other brothers, like, just increasing jealousy. Then there's a running joke, as in, especially in the back half, about less prominent brothers who are just people who aren't quite as talented, but are, like, still there, and... It's this really funny, really weird show. You can probably knock you out in about three hours, and yeah, I hope I gave you enough time, Ben. Oh man, oh, I really don't have. I, I'm trying to think. I was thinking. I promise, I was thinking that all the time. But like everything, oh, it's not, I guess. I guess. Um, I guess I can just recommend a thing that's like already pretty popular. Um, uh, I would definitely give uh, Tick Tick Boom a watch. Um, like, Andrew Garfield, like, learned how to sing just for that movie, which is really neat. Um, and I think he does a stellar, stellar job. Um, you don't... And it is, of course, <laughs> one of only five projects you can see Andrew Garfield in this year. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to see the only thing he was in this year... Um, <laughs> uh, give... Better this than the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, give... Oh, was I? I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, sorry. You don't need to watch the Rent movie. It's not very good. Um, or do watch it and and find that out for yourself. Um, there are like some like neat things in Rent that like there are like some like like I don't even know if they're like I don't know if my brain is like reaching in terms of and trying to justify like like the two hours I spent watching Rent. Um, but like I think there are like some things where it's like oh that's kind of neat knowing that like this guy went on to write Rent, um, given, like, this sort of pseudo-autobiography type, like, telling of, like, his life. Um, uh, I guess, and because that was such a weak recommendation, um, I will also inform you, this isn't a recommendation, um, that Zendaya is in Fortnite twice, once for Spider-Man and once for Dune. Um, that's something I found out the other day, and I just wanted to share that with the world. Um, man, Fortnite really sold out. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was there in the beginning when they just had Thanos. <laughs> uh, but now they have Ariana Grande and Master Chief. Um, I think they re- removed Travis Scott. What a what a strange game! What a strange piece of history yeah yeah just really 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 odd um Mm -hmm. yeah but that about does it for 2017 on our first episode back and hey maybe it's just me talking about saturday morning all-star hits for a while but we're still gonna get close to the two-hour mark we're still in form um so what do you gotta plug this week ben Uh, this week uh i can plug my twitter which is um, at uh, Gak Gak, that is G-H-A-T, G-H-A-T. Um, I also have an Instagram, uh, not2pens, that is N-O-T underscore two underscore P-E-N-S. Nice, and you can find me on Twitter at Like a Wolverine, and you can find me on Letterbox also on Like a Wolverine um, for the show. You can find us on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod and Ben. I feel you spelt "gat gat" when you're "gak gak." Like you said "t" instead of "k." Oh, whoops! 
Um, I will go over and recording and fix that in post. <laughs> or just do gak gak and not gat gat. Um, Oops. Sorry, that's why I was distracted. But <laughs> you can email the show at popcorn at gmail.com. Um, our theme song is by Matt Samard, who I have decided should be our guest when we do Best Sandwich. I'm going to spring this on him, that he's going to have to watch three movies and do Best Sandwich with us um, in the near future. Uh, and then Ben did the art. We are on FriendlyMush.com. We have some cool podcasts there. Um, e- our friend Ethan does the Scooby-Doo One Heavy Metal. Both of us will be on that at some time in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, there's other cool stuff that I don't really listen to, but I don't think they listen to this one, so it all balances out. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. All that's left to do now is to go over what's coming up next week. So, for 2018, Best Kiss, TV is blazing in in full force, and the nominees for that are... Gina Rodriguez and Justin Baldoni, Jane the Virgin, Olivia Cook and Ty Sheridan, Ready Player One, KJ Appa and Kamala Mendez, Riverdale, Finn Wolfhard and Millie Bobby Brown, Stranger Things, and the winner, Nick Robertson and Keenan Lonsdale, Love Simon. Oh, man. Uh, I am excited for you to watch Riverdale, Ben. I'm excited to dip my toe into the, the Riverdale stream. <laughs> yeah, it's... I have a lot to say about Riverdale for the next couple episodes. <laughs> I should let that. Did I tell you about Rivervale? No, you have not. What is that? Um, because... I Yeah, I guess this is a preview of it. Uh, but basically for the first five episodes of their new season that just started, rather than resolve the cliffhanger they had ended the previous season on, they were given the opportunity to do a five-part event, and they chose to kind of do, basically do a full-on horror anthology thing called River Vale, where it's like the characters and like storylines and basic status quo, but they're all in a town called River Vale with a V. And and it's all episodes where like the town sacrifices Archie and one. There's one where like other characters are making deals with the devil. It ends up being an elaborate way to try and get out of like last season's cliffhanger where a literal bomb was about to explode under Archie's bed while he was in the room. And it, the last episode just gets into parallel universes and just sci-fi gothly gook, and it's just insane. And <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So keep in mind that this is where Riverdale is going as you watch the season two premiere for next week's show. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and yeah, un- but yeah, until next time, keep passing that golden popcorn, and hey... Here's to the fools who dream, funny as they may seem. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.